Welcome to Following the Way. We're a podcast that's all about following Jesus and learning his way for our lives. We believe that scripture reveals this way and invites us to follow. We're glad you're with us as we seek together. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to this podcast. It's so good to have you with us. We are right at the end of the book of Hebrews today. We've been going through this letter in the New Testament uh, for the last little bit, and we have come to the end of it, to Hebrews 13, to uh, the writer of Hebrews uh, sort of wrapping everything up and encouraging those that he's writing to uh, all over the Roman Empire. And I think the timing of this chapter is good for us where we find ourselves this week at least where I am uh, in the province of Manitoba here in Canada with the latest round of restrictions and what seems to be just an ongoing season of the unknown um, with lots of upheaval. And not that I'm comparing what we're going through to what many who were receiving this letter were, um, but there is things I believe that we can take from it because when we look at the letter of Hebrews as a whole, in totality, we see people who were experiencing persecution, they were experiencing suffering, they were experiencing upheaval, and a lot of unknowns due to their decision to follow the way of Jesus as um, Jewish believers. And so, they they had decisions to make. They They had decisions to make Uh, as to whether they were going to follow the way of Jesus, whether they were going to surrender their lives to this, or whether they were going to fall back into old patterns of belief and behavior. And that, that really is one of the main themes of the letter, which we've been hitting again and again, is Jesus is better. There's no one greater than him. He's greater than all. He's greater than everything that's come before. He is... uh, he is the one now who has brought about an eternal, better covenant for us. And so, um, you know, the writer of Hebrews is writing all that uh, in the midst of a bunch of unknowns for the people who are following Jesus. They did not know what the future would hold, um, although very possibly it was going to uh, mean tough times ahead, in, in more tough times ahead um, if they were going to follow Jesus. And so I think that we can identify with that because we have entered a, a season, a time in our lives right now like nothing that's ever come before. We have had many things taken away from us. We are experiencing life and we are experiencing um, decisions being made that uh, we've never had to live through before. And I, I do, I'm cautioning myself not to go overboard on that uh, due to the fact that I think that we have lived in such a time of safety and freedom and comfort and wealth and affluence and all those kind of, any of those adjectives you want to use for life in the West in the last you know, decades, we, we've lived in such a time of prosperity and unbridled freedom that 
in many respects, we just don't know what to do right now, psychologically, emotionally, with what we are um, having to endure and having to uh, walk through and experience. And, and so much of it comes outside of our control and the illusion of control, which has always been an illusion, but the illusion that we've had control has been in many ways now we've been confronted that we don't have control and we're seeing that in really uh, some very tangible ways where our freedom and the ability to do what we want when we want is being restricted. And so this is where I think the concluding um, chapter, the end of, of this letter to the Hebrews, um, big picture for us as followers of Jesus can be really helpful in these days, not just for now, but in the days to come and in the years to come. And so I want to just read read it. Uh, I think... I think I'm going to read it in, in, in its entirety. Well, maybe on that. I might, I, might, I might stop midway through, but we'll see here. Uh, I'm going to start verse 1. Keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by ceremonial foods, which are of no value to those who eat them. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. I'm going to I'm going to stop there actually and just um, dig a little bit into this and then we'll then we'll move on. I, you know, I, I kind of see this part of this chapter as sort of wisdom for how to live to the way of Jesus. Just some really basic things uh, that defines followers of Jesus. In fact, one of them is right there in verse four, um, which um, outside authors uh, in the first and second century said that the followers of Jesus, Christians, were known mainly by two things. One, we, as I've said previously, they were known by their belief in uh, bodily resurrection. They held to that um, unequivocally. And second, uh, in their uh, res- resistance um, to sexual immorality, to uh, they they were known for rejecting sexual immorality in cultures that where it was very very prevalent, just like it is today in our world. And so there's but there's there's here there's a list of of things or practices or the way that we live that define followers of Jesus. Um, it's it's our love for one another. 
Uh, it's the way that we care for uh, even those around us who aren't necessarily our friends or our family, uh, but that we we actually we entertain, we welcome strangers. We we actually do good to those who even are uh, not known to us. Uh, even even the 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 way it speaks here, the encouragement of how we uh, care for those who are uh, suffering and uh, those who are in prison. Now, again, this is, you know, where I don't, I don't know that we can, especially in the West, we really have a hard time identifying with this. Uh, you know, if you're in countries where persecution and imprisonment is a real reality uh, for preaching Jesus, and, and I don't believe that that's the case in Canada right now, amidst all the various opinions about that when it comes to churches and COVID and restrictions uh, we are not being persecuted for our faith on any level uh, that I would agree uh, is in alignment or is is com- comparable to what we see in the New Testament. In fact, I would say it's not even close. Uh, and so we, we have a hard time identifying with this because we don't live in Middle Eastern countries or in Asian countries where preaching the gospel, testifying to Jesus is simply illegal. Um, and, and that was what was happening in parts of the Roman Empire where, you know, uh, living for Jesus and and preaching Jesus was um, leading people to be in prison, and so you know, again, it's it's the encouragement, the exhortation here is that we are to actually identify with them as if we're right there with them, as if we're suffering and we're in prison with them. Um, there also talks about here about about God's provision and. You know, this is really good for us. It says, keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. Um, and it says, you know, we, we, we live differently than the world around us when it comes to how we use finances and, and how we, we look at things, how we, how we live our lives. We, we're, we can be content with what we have. We don't have to be envying. We don't have to constantly be chasing after the next thing. Um, and, and the reason for that is because um, the verses that are quoted here, which are from Deuteronomy 31, because God is with us and he cares for us. And that, that scripture, those verses are taken from when Moses is speaking to the people and Joshua is about to succeed him and take the people into the promised land and Moses knows he's not going with them. And these are part of the words that he speaks over the people from the Lord is that, God is with you. Like he's with us. He's our provision. And so that's why the writer of Hebrews also says here, and we can also embrace the same confidence is that the Lord is our helper. We, I don't have to be afraid. And and this, you know, in light of when it feels like people are opposing us, this is where, this is so helpful for us. It says, to remind ourselves that scripture here that's quoted from Psalm 118. What can man do to me? Like it's it's Romans 8 sort of stuff, right? Like if God is for us, who can be against us? Like regardless of what's happening in our lives, regardless right now of, of what we're walking through and what we're feeling, God is working all things for good in our lives. Not not that all things are good again, right? But God is working all things for our good to make us more like Jesus. 
And and this is just, I, I won't go too far down this path, but this is something that I really feel with conviction in these days is that Jesus is really saying to us, church, I, I want to get your attention. Church, I want you to be devoted to me. I want you to have uh, just your affection set on me. And I, and I believe that Jesus is getting our attention right now. I, I believe that he means to get our attention if we're listening and we're seeking to hear him. And and in, in light of sort of, he's, he's wanting to get our attention along the lines of Revelation chapters 2 and 3 when he wrote the churches and he had many specific things to say to the churches there uh, across the Roman Empire. And and the majority of them, the vast majority of the of what Jesus said to the church were rebukes. And uh, there was encouragement. There was also a lot of reality of this is where you're at. And I believe right now that Jesus wants to get the church's attention in the West and for sure in Canada. And we need to be hearing his voice and what he's saying to us and not being caught up in all manner of other things that really are very, can be very selfishly motivated in these days. And that's that's one thing that the Lord is speaking very personally to me right now is, Paul, surrender yourself, submit yourself to me, humble yourself, listen to what I'm saying. I'm in control. I am the Lord of heaven and earth. Don't, don't be afraid. I'm your helper. And, and, and when we when we embrace that, when we internalize that truth, like not just like words on a page in Hebrews 13, but we're internalizing this, like this is truth. This is, this is the word of God for me. This is the, the Logos word. This is the Rhema word as well for me. What, what can man do to me? And the answer is when we internalize that is ultimately nothing because Jesus is Lord. And then, the writer of Hebrews also goes on and he, he talks about the leaders and we're going to we're gonna read in the back half yet of Hebrews uh, 13, the, the verses that we're yet to read. He talks about obeying and submitting to our leaders. But here uh, he says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you and were to consider the way of life of our leaders and to imitate their faith. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm wrestling with he says that, and then he says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And I think that perhaps the, the, the connection between that is that uh, there's a, a steadfastness and a faithfulness to following Christ uh, that we're meant to see in leaders so we don't waver. And I think that that's, that's really helpful. Uh, I know that, that when I think of leaders that I have followed and still follow, uh, people who I, I look at their life and I try to imitate their faith and their, their way of life has spoken and still speaks to me. And, and I trust that, you know, this, this is the, uh, not, not the burden, but the, uh, the sobering thing I think that, that lead, that as leaders we carry is that this is important of how we live and we want to be living in such a way that people can imitate our faith. And, and, but also in that embracing that we're not perfect, that we make mistakes, 
that this this verse doesn't call us to perfection, um, but it does call us to live in such a way even when we do mess up and we do make mistakes and we do sin, that we're walking it out in such a way that people want to imitate our faith. And, you know, Hebrews 13, 8, again, that verse about Jesus being, you know, he's never changing. He's steadfast. He's, he's, he's always going to be the same because he's, he's eternally the Lord of heaven and earth. Um, that's, that's real assurance. And so this is where then the, the writer goes into, again, just another sort of warning. And I, and I would say again, wisdom for how followers of the way of Jesus conduct themselves. And that is, uh, we don't get caught up in strange teachings. We don't get caught up in wild, um, you know, ways of, of interpreting the gospel that are misguided and are a little bit off the mark. Um, now, the, the writer here, he's, he's contrasting the difference between living a gospel of grace, of the, the fact that um, Jesus is the only way, that, that salvation in him is by faith, it's not by works. It's nothing that we ultimately do to earn our salvation. It's, it's the grace of God. And so we need to be strengthened in that grace. And that grace is that everything, everything is done by Jesus Nothing is um, accomplished by us when it comes to our salvation. And so that's where it's the contrast between uh, this this wording about ceremonial foods that have no value to those who eat them and this altar that um, we have an altar that those who minister in the in the temple and the tabernacle, they they don't they don't eat from it because there he's contrasting it with a gospel of grace, the good news of grace, and a gospel, or a um, salvation by works and by the law. And and you have to uh, try to uh, do all these things. And yet knowing that none of that makes you acceptable before God, uh, none of that ultimately uh, saves your soul and changes your heart. It just changes outward behavior and it cleanses outward behavior, but it doesn't deal with the problem of the heart. And our hearts need to be strengthened by the grace of, of Jesus, and uh, by by the truth that it's all about Him, and so uh, the writer of Hebrews he goes into that. He he gets into this uh, in in the the next verses and the preceding verses where uh, he's he's beginning to work out. Um, okay, it's good for our strength to our hearts to be strengthened by this grace. Now. What does that mean for us as followers of Jesus? And how do we how do we walk this out? And so I'm gonna I'm gonna actually end uh, this this podcast there. I'm I'm looking at how long this is going. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a part two of this again. Um, some of these chapters, I think it's best if we just if we make a part two. So uh, come back for what are the implications of walking out and to be living uh, in this grace that strengthens our hearts. And there's, there's, um, there's a lot to be said about that in the back half of Hebrews 13. So that'll be part two. Uh, thanks again for being here and listening. I, I trust that this was a blessing to you 
and that this is growing your your hunger, this is growing your appreciation and your desire for the Word of God and uh, for your relationship. It's deepening your relationship with Jesus and helping you to follow His way. Until we see you again, Lord willing, blessings upon you all.